Welcome to the Political Trenches, Local Government at Work. Welcome to N is for Newfoundland and Labrador on the Political Trenches, Local Government at Work. Today, we are honored to have Mayor Tony Keats of Dover, Newfoundland and Labrador on the show. First elected in 1996, Mayor Keats has played an integral part in the municipal landscape in the province. He has served as president of municipalities Newfoundland and Labrador, as well as sitting on the Federation of Canadian Municipalities. Earlier this year, though, he was announced as one of the three Canadian mayors in the running to be the world's mayor of 2023. Today, we are going to be chatting about the state of municipalities in the province. So, Mayor Keats, Tony, welcome to the Political Trenches. And let's get this chat underway with my first question. In your opinion, Tony, what is the state of municipalities like in Newfoundland and Labrador today? Uh, one word, challenging probably at times. Um, you know, I, I, I've been on council now for 31 years. This is my 31st year. I think when I got on council, I figured, well, I do a term or two and that'd be it. But uh, I just, I, I, I like being in municipalities. I like being on the ground. I like talking to people. Um, that's one of the big things. So I served as a councillor for the first four years. Then I went to and took the mayor's chair in, um, in uh, 1996, like you said. Uh, but very challenging. Um, you know, uh, I know I heard Craig in the past on, on your podcast and, and other uh, elected officials talk about, uh, you know, the state of municipal politics and, and, and where we lie within, within the realm of, uh, you know, politics in, you know, the three levels in Canada. And uh, uh, it's pretty sad uh, when we come to, you know, infrastructure funding and, and making sure that we're heard at, around the table, making sure we're, we're at the table, to be honest with you. That was one of the big things, I think, when I was president of MNL was, was trying to get the uh, provincial and federal governments to uh, focus on that and make sure that, you know, we're at the table, especially when we're being talked about or if there's an announcement coming down uh, the line. So, uh, so challenging is one of the big words. Uh, sorry about that. So challenging is one of the big words I think I would use. Uh, rewarding at times is, is another one that I would use personally, to, to be honest with you. Do you need to get that? I've cut it right here. So I'm doing the cut symbol. So that yeah. way I know where to cut. I want to jump in on the challenging part. So I've talked to and we've chatted with many municipal leaders from across Canada on this show and on my show. And one thing that I often hear is they municipalities don't want to feel like the child in the room. They want to feel like an equal partner. Mm -hmm. So for you, a mayor of a small uh, community in the province, but also as the past president of uh, municipalities, Newfoundland and Labrador, do municipalities feel like they are an equal partner or is the provincial government looking at you as a lower level partner in the realm of confederation? Uh, I, I think we're, we're, we're looked down on sometimes, but I think they understand that we're a needed partner. Uh, you know, one to say, uh, you know, sometimes to put the, uh, the blame or the responsibilities upon, do the, uh, the large amount of work that's needed to be done, uh, making sure that, you know, our communities are run right, uh, making sure that the funding is in places that we're, we, we need it to be uh, placed. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, it, it takes a long time for us to get stuff cross to government to be honest with you or or for the bureaucrats to listen to uh, you know what our needs are and i think that's one of the things we're not a fair partner when, when it comes to uh you know the levels of government i've always said and i and i know you heard me in the past on my podcast say that uh you know our level of government uh, is always referred to as the third level of government which i i, I don't see that i think we're the first level of government because we live 
and we work sometimes within communities that we serve and 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 we know and the residents know that we're here to uh, to listen so it's hard sometimes uh but uh, i i think you know provincial government federal government don't really understand or take us seriously sometimes tony i'd like to follow up on the comment about seat at the table because i know it's it's a big deal in the municipal world uh it, it's expressed in different ways in parts of the country but essentially what we're talking about what you mentioned is so many conversations happen within the provincial government mm -hmm. uh, with between, between departments in the provincial government or between the provincial government and the federal government about municipalities without municipalities actually sitting in on that conversation yeah. and I, I can remember uh, big infrastructure funding announcement happened in the city of St. John's a federal provincial agreement year agreement it was hundreds of millions of dollars for the province yeah municipalities found out the content of that agreement after the announcement yeah. i remember the, the mayor of st john's was the mc for the announcement they'd asked the mayor to mc the announcement nobody in the municipal sector knew anything about what was in that agreement even though it essentially dictated how they were going to spend their infrastructure money your infrastructure money yeah. for the next 10 years is that I'm assuming that's still a thing and from a your perspective as the mayor of a small municipality a rural municipality in the province mm -hmm. that's got to be a bit of a pain isn't it just this is not a theoretical issue this is a day-to-day -day, it makes it hard to do our work issue yeah it, you know it comes down like like you said earlier I know when I was president of MNL and and, and uh you know when you were the CEO of, of uh, MNL we we struggled with that uh, you know, we've often had calls from uh, the federal government saying that, you know, we'd like for you to be in attendance to this announcement. And we only know that day what the announcement was going to be. And, and we show up, shake hands and, you know, say thank you for the money. Uh, but we wouldn't at the table to say, OK, this is OK. Or or where should the money go to? Is that the right place for her to put the money? Uh, you know, is that the much needed uh, infrastructure that we need to replace or fix within our municipalities? Because sometimes it's not. We know what's yeah. crucial within our municipalities. Uh, and sometimes, you know, when we do up the infrastructure, uh, you know, the agenda, what we want done, you know, we look at roads, we look at wastewater, we look at, you know, new water, we look at clean drinking water or, or other things. And we prior, prioritize them, you know, in a way. But if it's not what, you know, the federal or provincial government is looking at, sometimes we get monies that's focused somewhere else that's not focused in the areas that we really need it to be focused on. So it hurts. It really do hurt because, you know, we're the ones that's on the ground. We're the ones that's, you know, trying to make the best out of the situation within our municipalities with, you know, our hands tied behind our back sometimes. I, I want to jump in here for a second. And I, I and I hate to be the guy who always wants to make things positive, but I'm going to try here for a second. <laughs> What's the good things about working with the provincial government in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador when it comes to municipalities? Because we can always say what... We can always critique them, but we can always promote them as well. So from a mayor's perspective, what does the province get right when it comes to municipalities, when it's dealing with them? Because I see stories uh, time and time again, whether it be regionalization, which Craig and I are going to be talking about with you in a sure. few seconds. But what are the good things that the province is getting right when it comes to municipalities in the province today? Yeah, you know, we and we do say we do go and, and congratulate them and we do give them you know, they're, they're just dues when, when, you know, they're getting it right. And they understand where we're coming from. Uh, you know, they're doing a lot right. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, I'm just saying that, 
you know, when, when we're sitting at the table, we should be sitting at the table. There should be some kind of discussion on, you know, where the funding should be going. What, what, what is our need within those communities? Uh, it's getting better. I, I, you know, over the years, it's getting better. I think when I was on MNL and the president of MNL, I think I had uh, six, uh, I think it was six um, ministers at the time in, in a two-year span. So, you know, it's hard for them to understand what a municipality needs if, if you're only in that portfolio for a length of time and then you're gone to another portfolio or you moved out. Um, but, you know, it, it's good when you got a minister that's coming from a municipal background because they understand a little bit more. Uh, you know, um, having people work within that department that comes from a municipal background do understand. So, you know, when they reach with inside and, and they look for, uh, you know, look for discussions or, or opinions uh, from municipalities, I think, you know, that's where they're getting it right. Uh, so, yeah, just easier to talk to. Uh, you know, I can text them. I can talk to them at any time, which is good. It's way better than it used to be. Let me put it that way. Hey, I have one last question before we turn to regionalization. In in the conversation that Craig had with Ian and I last uh, in our last episode for Emma's for Maritimes, we talked about the state of the divide in the provinces, whether it be urban, rural, whether it be sure. small and large. Are you seeing that play out in the province as well? Are you seeing your small uh, town being pitted against the city or even a town like uh, Grand Falls, Windsor? Not the bigger ones. I, I, I you know, I, I can see it more rural, to be honest with you, or, or around the same size communities. Uh, usually, you know, when when something is happening within those towns, like we, we, we're just going through a health care uh, 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 You know, we're, we're changing the health care boards. Uh, you know, we're moving them into one complete board. We used to have, you know, a Western, a Central, a Northern and, and a Avalon board. Now, you know, we got one board. Uh, you know, so we found it a little bit difficult coming into that and, and pitting one hospital or one clinic uh, against the other clinic or, 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 you know, one region against the other region or, 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 you know, getting doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals within that region. Uh, we found that hard. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we can rectify that by having one board and, and making sure the old province is treated fairly, right? So I think healthcare is a nice jumping off point to talk about sure. regionalization because you know, you and I have lived through a lot of discussions on regionalization in the municipal sector. It's not just a municipal issue. Regionalization of public services is happening right across the board, healthcare, education, you name it. If, if, if governments are involved, regionalization is part of the conversation. Yeah. But on the municipal side of things, um, the provincial government with MNL uh, over a course of a couple of years, on a uh, sort of a task force on regionalization and where it might go. Recommendations were made about a new structure, a new path. And they've recently come out, I think about a year later, a little over a year later, and said, yeah, we just don't think this is feasible. Sure. Uh, without, well, I was gonna make a statement, but I'll ask you, if they're not going to do something like is in that report, is do you see an answer out there right now, given where the province is going, small p province, given where the province of Newfoundland Labrador is going on demographics, a bunch of things? Do you feel like the province has a viable path forward around regionalization in the municipal sector at this point? No, I really don't, to be honest with you. I, like, you know, when I was talking to the minister at the time, uh, you know, she explained to me why they couldn't go forward. Uh, uh, 
uh, with the uh, you know with the report and going forward on regionalization. Um, I un I understand completely where she's coming from. I really really do. Uh, but you know we do need some form of regionalization, uh, and it's not going to work if we don't bring in you know the on incorporated areas, the you know LSDs, the local service districts, and and they're a real majority now when it comes to uh, the numbers, but not to the numbers in the effect of you know our municipalities who are incorporated because you know I think I think we got like ninety percent of our population are you know living and working and doing everything within those uh, uh, municipalities that's incorporated and paying taxes and, and doing their daily things. Uh, the unincorporated makes up the other 10%. Uh, so if we don't bring those within some kind of regional system, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be hard to do. But I think they're more relying on us to do the work again. It's being handed to us, you know, like, like here in my area, we got nine communities that's, that's drawing off each other uh, you know, that just started our our, uh, our joint councils again in our area. Uh, you know, I know that we can work together. Uh, we need funding to do that. Um, and what are we looking for? You know, we're looking for bylaw enforcers, you know, some kind of enforcement kind of thing. We're looking at water analysis uh, uh, people. We're look that, that kind of stuff. That's what we're looking for. And if government don't come across and say, yeah, that's, that's a, a, you know, a, a a logical thing that you do need you know this is what we're going to try even if we try some kind of pilot project just to see if that would work for our area because every area in 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 our province might need the same things that we need uh you know right. and that's where we got to come from is you know one thing i think one one regional kind of government is not going to work in other parts of our province because we're so sparse uh you know what what works in other provinces uh probably won't work here because of our logistics and and where we live to, right? And I'm, gonna I, jump, I'm gonna jump in here for one second because I wanna ask this really important question. I'm about to mention a word that is the most dirtiest word in municipalities across <laughs> Canada, and that is amalgamation. Yeah, you we don't use that word no more. <laughs> you may not use it, but people do. Are municipalities needing to potentially look at this option in, in Newfoundland and Labrador now that the province has said no to regionalization? Or is that word even more dirty in Newfoundland and Labrador when it comes to municipalities? Because I know some municipalities here in Alberta won't even, like, if the word is uttered in a uh, inter-municipal inter meeting, the meeting stops and people go to their different rooms and it just doesn't happen. Does Is amalgamation a bad word and our municipalities need to look that way in the province? Yeah, Chris, I, you know, it is a real bad word, to be honest with you. It, it, it comes back to, you know, a forced amalgamation that was done years ago by the French government. And, and uh, you know, how it plays out within municipalities, You're, you know, because you often have little small municipalities that are around each other who got conflicts sometimes with each other, might be silly conflicts, might have been, you know, inherited conflicts from from years and from, you know, great, great grandfathers. Right. Uh, but uh, it, it's something that we need to look at. But I think we need to look at it personally, to be honest with you, as you know, like I said just a minute ago, you know, the nine communities around me, we can look at stuff. But do we need to join together? As, as one to, to accomplish what needs to be done, or can we do it within that regional system within our communities? And, and I think that's what we're looking at right now is the need and the want. Uh, you know, we got a lot of towns that's really struggling now when it comes to finances, when it comes to getting employees. And, you know, we, we got town managers that's only working probably half days or a couple of days a week. 
you know, operating communities. Uh, we got counselors out there that's that's you know doing maintenance on 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 the roads and then on, you know potholes and on their equipment. So you know, when you look at all that kind of stuff, you know, maybe you do need to come together. Maybe you do need to put you know your differences aside and say what's better for my community and what's better for my residents. And that's really where we need to be as you know community citizens, as people who who sit around that table. We need to make those you know hard decisions, but we need to make them and make sure they're in the, in the benefit of our communities. So Tony, one of, the, um, one of the things that dictates what you can and can't do around those kinds of decisions, because I think you're right, there's a lot of municipalities who, a lot of municipal leaders who see the point of doing more together and <laughs> trying, trying new things. Um, and just like everywhere else in the country, municipalities, mm -hmm exist at the pleasure of the provincial government. Exactly. They exist under a legislative regime that dictates what they can and can't do. Mm -hmm. And the legislation in Newfoundland and Labrador, I think now that New Brunswick and PEI have gotten new legislation in the last number of years, I think we officially have the oldest municipal legislation in the country, uh, back to 1999, I believe it is. Yes. So, and that legislation was based on old legislation that wasn't sort of sparkly new futuristic legislation that's right we've been talking about new enabling legislation in the province for five years now something like that oh, yeah it's a long time i think it was a, i think the report uh you know uh, i think it was uh what we heard report went into the provincial government around november of 2018 i do believe uh yeah. it's, it's it's been lying around those departments on, and i know you know that they have been struggling to you know, put together some form of new enabling legislation and uh, one that we need uh, to move communities forward, to be honest with you, because, you know, we can only we can only work inside of, like you said, the 1999 one, which is so which is so uh, uh, prescriptive, to be honest with you. Right. It's, it's we got our hands tied with inside of that one, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's it's something that we need to look at. I know when I was talking to the minister, the, the previous minister, you know, she did say that they're hoping to get something out by the end of this year. Uh, you know, we, but we're, I don't I don't think we're holding them to it enough, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, yeah. we need to add them more. And I think that's that's where we're falling down as municipalities is that we need to make sure that they hear us and uh, so that they can get it done. Right. Because they haven't been hearing us or we haven't been saying it enough for them to hear us, to be honest with you. Do you think there is a sense or do you think there's a fear? I mean, we have a, a lot of very small municipalities in this province. Uh, 200, 275 municipalities for 520,000 people. Yeah. Half of them have fewer than 500 people in. Yeah. So a lot of very small communities with very little resources. Something like 75% of our municipalities have one or fewer employees. And that's basically their, their clerk. Their clerk is a part-time employee. Yeah. Do you think that there's a fear, especially around among some of the smaller municipalities, that Enabling legislation is just too big and scary a thing that being able to do what, like, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think they like guardrails around what they can and can't do? Because it means they won't get themselves in trouble. Is that still a, a fear out there? No, I don't, I don't think that's a fear anymore. I, you know, I, I can see it now because, you know, the communities that I talk to and, 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 and the, uh, the, the, you know, the municipal leaders that I speak to, uh, want that change. They want to be able to make changes at the table. They want to be able to, you know, steer their own ship, let's put it that way, uh, that they haven't been doing for a long time uh, and not able to do it, uh, you know, especially when it comes to, 
you know, doing stuff within their own communities and, and not being able to, like, you know, even Crown Lands is a big issue. That's been a big issue since I got on council, since, you know, when I was on M&L, you know, you couldn't go to a meeting uh, 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 with, with some of the leaders when it, when it came to Crown Lands issues because it was too confident, you know, it was too uh, confrontational. It was, it's something that, you know, uh, municipalities see as a, a thing that the provincial government is doing to anti those communities, which, you know, really it is, uh, you know, we, we see them as, as being uh, the provincial government, I'm saying, we're seeing them as being, you know, the uh, caretakers, not the owners, because they're not owners, they're caretakers. And, and, and that's where we see ourselves, to be honest with you. I want to talk about resources now, and there's two areas of discussion that I want to talk about here, because one I didn't even think about until Craig told me in our pre-meeting before this interview happened. I want to talk about finances, and he's going to talk about the human resource aspect of what's mm -hmm. going on in the province. Now, as I said, I, I had the pleasure of listening to your conversation with Scott Pierce, the president of the Federation of Canadian Municipalities, on your show, The Chambers, which is available via Spotify. The links will be in the show notes of all our uh, episodes as well. And you talked about how municipalities need a new fiscal framework. What do municipalities want from the provincial and federal government when it comes to this new framework? And I know you're speaking as the past president, you're speaking as a mayor, but what type of new framework are you looking for from the provincial government to even start the conversation around a new method of delivery of service and finances? Yeah, you know, Chris, what, what I see, and I think what Scott was trying to say too, and you know, in my podcast and and what we said uh, before the podcast is that, you know, we see a fiscal framework uh, being plotted out as, you know, a, a guide, something that we need to see when it comes to, you know, when we apply for funding, what we do when in our municipalities, like I said before, uh, when it comes to, you know, finances and, 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 and the framework of making sure that what's done in our communities is done right. Uh, you know, I know as we said over the years, especially when it comes to climate change now, uh, you know, we were, we're looking at government putting putting things back like culverins and road work and, and bridges. But they're putting, they're trying to put back the same thing that was always there, which is not, it's, it's not right. It's, you know, like Scott said, we need to build better. And building better means, you know, we need that bigger culvert or we need that that bigger road or we need our, our Arborstone or Armorstone to put on sides of the road so that we're not being washed out. You know, we're not getting that storm, that thousand or hundred year storm that we're getting now every probably every, I don't know, every year, every two years. Uh, so, you know, that's the kind of stuff we're looking at, especially when it comes to, you uh, know, the municipal fiscal framework is, you know, we wanna make sure that things are there so that we can access it and we can access it earlier and better and easier. It's a, it's a throwback to a question I asked at the beginning of this interview was about the state of municipalities. If municipalities in Newfoundland and Labrador don't get a new fiscal framework, What's the state of municipalities going to be look look like in five years, 10 years, 15 years? Is it going to be worse? Because I know here in Alberta, and I hate to use Alberta, it's just because we went through a provincial gov uh, election and there was a lot mm -hmm. of discussion about what municipalities need. There's a $30 billion deficit in Alberta when it comes to infrastructure for municipalities. In Manitoba, they're going through a provincial election and municipalities are trying to get that issue on the table as well. 
if a new fiscal framework doesn't come through from the provincial government or even the federal government, and let's be honest, the federal government takes a little bit longer than the provincial government because you're the ones who deal with the provincial governments on a day-to-day basis. What happens next if it doesn't happen? You know, we're, we're really what you're seeing is is going to be the same as as always. You know, you're you're struggling to get things done. You're 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 you know you're you're putting a delay on 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 you know major infrastructure that you need in your community. And when you do that, when you put a delay on infrastructure or the needs in your community, you know you're you're making the the, the issue worse because you know if you got a if you got a a lift station let's say that needs you know repairs, you know we need that money so that we can repair it now. Uh, you know, if you're coming to us five, 10 years down the road, now you're not looking at a repair, you're looking at a brand new system. Uh, so, you know, that, that's the big difference is, is that timing makes a difference when, you know, when you look at communities and when you look at funding, because, you know, a time can mean you only need so many hundreds of thousands. But if, you, if over a period of time, you might need millions of dollars just to fix that, that problem that you see there, right? And I think if I could jump in just, and Tony, maybe you can comment on as one, one example, one real life example of how lack of resources has an absolutely immense impact. And when we talk about lack of resources, basically we're talking about you know, municipalities only have property tax to draw yeah. on, to raise revenue. Yeah. Property tax, God love it, it's been around forever, but doesn't really follow the economy very well. There's a bunch of issues with it. But in Newfoundland and Labrador, there was a very specific issue around wastewater mm-hmm. and new regulations that came down from the federal government to establish new requirements for wastewater treatment in the province. Close to a billion dollars, I think, was the last estimate I saw to do all the work that needed to be done. And if that work was not done properly, the regulations were saying things like, well, the town manager or the town clerk as the owner of the system will have to go to jail or will be uh, have to pay fines in excess of five million dollars. Now, MNL did some good work along with FCM to try to forestall some of that. Mm-hmm. But those regs are there, and there's still close to 100 municipalities who I think it's safe to say are sort of scratching their heads, thinking, "Where are we going to get this money? We, yeah. you know, we might you, just because you've got until 2040 to do something doesn't mean much if you're never going to have the money to do it." That's right. So that's is, right. Is that still a thing that's churning? Forget the pun. Forget the pun. Uh, in the municipal sector, yeah, it it it's a it's a big topic. I know I went on uh, the the local radio talk show there a couple of weeks ago and talked about you know uh, wastewater within our province and and the problems that we're finding, especially like I said earlier in the nine municipalities that that you know that's in my area in 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 uh, in the province are struggling with and and that comes to you know we're doing monitoring uh, monitoring off the, the the wastewater flows. And you know we we pay uh, to have that monitored. Uh, you know, ten thousand to twelve thousand dollars a year per wa- uh, waste uh, station or or, or uh, a flow station, right? Outfall. Uh, you know, we got some municipalities is paying up to sixty or ninety thousand dollars a year just for that. When we can be taking those mo- those dollars, putting them aside to fix the problem, not to monitor the problem that we knows there is a problem. Uh, you know, we we were told that we should be doing it for a year. We're still doing it. We're still monitoring. And as you said, yeah. you know, we had enforcement officers. Enforcement officers visited my community and Tritton, my manager. You know, our manager at our, at our town office, you know, that was, that was a, a big news article for, for that week, right? Uh, you know, comes in with guns on their side and making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, very intimidating. 
uh, you know, but having that money and we know we, we need to fix that system. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that's one way that we're going to be able to accomplish that is when we're throwing a good money for 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 bad, to be honest with you. Right. Uh, but it's something yeah. that we need. To fix. We, know, we know that, you know, like we had that we had that emergency wastewater uh, 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 meeting in St. John's that time, you know, and, and everybody showed up. And we had all five ministers, all five members of, of the, the, the federal government from Newfoundland show up and take questions. Uh, you know, it's something that we got because we're looking at. The authorization and making sure that we get the uh, the authorization because we didn't we you know we lost we we were in that gap that time right right yeah. so I'd like to riff off of the comment you made about your town clerk or town manager sorry being this you know yeah. very intimidating officer peace officer showing up uh, to give her quite a lengthy document, I imagine, that basically said you need to fix this in X number of days yeah. or I'm coming back and you're going to jail. That that happened all over the province. Mm -hmm. But it is, it is one small- I'm example. sorry, I, I'm sorry, but this sounds like the wild freaking West and I'm from Alberta and this is happening in Newfoundland and Labrador. But anyway, continue, sorry, I'm just- It's a, it's a, it's a real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. Not happening so much anymore because we intervened. No. I think you know, as a collective, the sector intervened and said, hang on now, yeah. this is getting a little loony. You need to step back. But it is an example of what municipal staff and to some degree municipal councillors deal with yes. in terms of their role and the, the, the pressure they're under to deliver. And Newfoundland Labrador, I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say we're running out of councillors. And, and probably running out of staff. I mean, staff turnover in the province for municipal staff is something like 30% per year. So are you seeing this play, or how are you seeing this play out, I guess, in your council, neighboring councils around the province? Is this something that worries you? Yeah, it, it do. You know, when we're coming through, you know, we have municipal elections every four years. And, and I think every year it looks a little difficult for to get people to run for municipal office. And, and one of the big reasons why is because the amount of work that you got to do and, and uh, you know, you don't receive any kind of funding. You don't receive any kind of, you know, thanks on the back kind of stuff. And they know that. And, and why would you want to give up your time and serve on a council uh, to do better in your community when uh, you know, you're, you're, you're confronted with that kind of, that kind of, uh, you know, episodes on a day-to-day -day basis or, or, or weekly basis, to be honest with you, you know, uh, some of us can take it because, you know, we got thicker skin or, or, or we've been in the system long enough that we, we understand and we know, and we know what uh, we can treat the system, but, you know, even managers take on so much, you know, and, and people come to the office or call, uh, you know, our town staff or, you know, especially the maintenance that's outside even put up with some kind of, you know, things from, from municipalities or from our residents in our municipalities. And we got a, in, in our town, like every other town now, we got, you know, we, we, we don't put up with that. You know, we, we got a no, you know, no uh, conduct kind of thing. You know, you don't, you can't do that. Uh, we're notified the, the police, we're set charges. And, and that's what we need to do. And, and now that the government came down with the, uh, with the or, you know, the, the conflict of order, uh, conflict of interest and, and the order, uh, conduct order. Code of conduct. Yeah, code of conduct is, uh, it, it's what's needed. But we need to make sure that, you know, municipal officials and, 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 and counselors need to take those kind of courses and, and, and they need to know, you know, what consequences is out there if you, if you do this. And, and not only with code of conduct, but we need it with almost everything that we do, to be honest with you. And 
I want to jump in here for a second. I I want to jump in because you you talk about the counselor's perspective, but is there burnout from staff as well? Because in about 10 years ago, I would say 10, 15 years ago, you probably could say this probably better than I can, Tony, but 10, 15 years ago, the politician was the one who got the, the negativity. You're the ones who make the decision. Now with the rise of social media, with the rise of online hatred, Everyone is available to be attacked and your staff is probably getting attacked as much as you are. How do you protect your staff so you don't see a high turnover in the municipal sector in the province as well? Because you're the one who's putting yourself out there. You're the one who's on the ballot every four years to make that decision. Your staff is just hired to look after your city and make Mm -hmm. sure your city runs smoothly. But they're the ones who are also getting it. Are you seeing burnout in the the municipal administrative sector in your province as well? Yeah, yeah, we are seeing some uh, burnout. We're seeing, I mean, but but, you know, that's that happens in every job. But you know, in the municipal sector is a little more because of what you what you do, especially in smaller towns. That manager or you know that town clerk uh, does a lot for the community. You know, and and they're the, probably the only full time staff that you got on sometimes in, in those municipalities. So you know, when it comes to my job as a councillor or, or everybody's job as a councillor on that you know certain municipality, is that we've got to make sure that we support them and and we put the tools there to to make sure that we support them and that they can use. You know, if it's if if they are having a problem, you know, we, we got a town manager, uh, you know, in our community. If if she's got burnout or if she needs some time off, hey, take some time off. You know, it, it's it's not worth losing somebody good for for a reason that's that's you know that's not needing to be there. To be honest with you, right? Yeah, I know. I mean, her, the issue of harassment and lack of civility, for lack of a better term across the sector is is across the sector. It's a national yeah. conversation that's happening. I think it's worth discussing that in Newfoundland and Labrador, it's happening at the same time that we seem to be facing a demographic issue in terms of who's running for council. Yeah. Because I know that over the last number of decades, you know, we're probably lucky if we get 50% of the municipalities that actually need an election. Mm-hmm. In other words, enough people are running to contest an election, maybe 50%. The rest don't have enough people running to even require an election. That's unheard of in other parts of the country and, and the world. So when you layer those things, we, we seem to be running out of people anyway. Mm-hmm. The people who are left are facing heightened impact from harassment and online hate and yeah. attacks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's getting to crisis level. Yeah, and that's why, Craig, we you know we can revert back to you know some form of regionalization, some form of of making sure that you know that we got people that can serve, uh, even if it's a a a, a bigger uh, um, uh, residents that we're serving uh, under one umbrella. To be honest with you, instead of all these multi umbrellas that we're using right now. And I think, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that because there's a lot to talk about in terms of what. Is not going well in the municipal sure. sector in Newfoundland Labrador. But solutions are there. Like there are opportunities for us. Regionalization in whatever form it takes, getting new legislation, yeah. coming up with a, a more equitable fiscal framework. Solutions are there. We just need to get some traction on a few of them. And yeah, we can solve them. The sector yeah. is shown. It'll show up. That's right. Yeah. I've I've always said that, you know, we're 
the willingness is there, uh, you know, but we need those people that make those decisions to be at that table so that we can sit down with them and, and make sure that they hear us, uh, you know, because we do have solutions. We do have some answers that, you know, when you're sitting around the table, it might be some answers that we don't want to use sometimes or that we don't want to hear, but they're the right ones. And 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 we need to give in to that. And, and so do the provincial and federal governments is that, you know, we need to be at the table to make sure that what's being done or what needs to be done is being done for, for our residents, right? The role of the municipality has changed a lot over the last 30 years since you first were elected. Uh, now municipalities are being asked to do more with less. There's a lot of downloading that's been happening across this country and across these provinces. How much has the job changed from when you first were elected uh, as mayor in 1996 to now in 2023 and do you see it evolving even more into a more uh, regionalized, provincialized uh, mayoralship because the issues you're facing today are now more provincially mandated, whether it be healthcare, education, infrastructure funding, compared to what you were probably dealing with when you were first elected? Yeah. Well, Chris, you know, when I got on council back in 1992, I showed up to probably two meetings a month. Uh, no prior prep work, you know, no committee work before that. Uh, now I deal with my municipality and probably some around me on a day-to-day -day basis, every day. If I'm not using my phone, if I'm not texting or if I'm not answering emails, it's in person or on the phone. Uh, you know, my, my uh, uh, nine to five job that I do or eight to five job that I do, uh, even in that job, I'm, I'm dealing with the public uh, municipal issues because they see me, they know, you know, where I'm to, I'm very accessible. So I'm dealing with something on the municipal, you know, municipal frame all the time. It's, it's not a, a bi-weekly meeting anymore. It's, it's every day, you know, we, we do prior committee stuff. We do proposals, uh, you know, my ends are pretty well into everything that happens at our community. And, I, I don't know if I would want it any different because I'm used to that now and, I, and, and I'm that kind of person. I always need something to do. Uh, but, you know, like, like we said earlier, it, it's a burnout issue for some, some officials or, or some municipal elected officials, right? Uh, it's, 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 it, I can see it being a burnout issue for a lot, and especially coming on. If you're new, you really, you're not prepared for it. And that's why I always said that, you know, you should have some kind of course, you should have some, some kind of class before you put your name forward just to know what you're getting involved with so that you know that you can stick around to, to do that job that needs to be done. Tony, I want to thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Craig and I have learned a lot, and hopefully our viewers and our listeners have also learned a lot in our interview about the stats, the, the sort of the status of what's going on in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, and also municipalities in the province. So thank you so much for doing this. No problem, Chris. I, I appreciate you reaching out and, and Craig reaching out. Uh, I'd like to wish you both the very best, and uh, I look forward to uh, chatting again. Thanks very much, Tony. The Political Trenches is brought to you in partnership with Strategic Steps Incorporated and the cross-border interviews with Chris Brown. Music by Peter Gagliardi. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Political Trenches. Be sure to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platforms. This has been The Political Trenches, local government at work.